be a special place in my heart for the movie musical and for the songs that create their most memorable moments. Here to perform the Oscar-nominated, gorgeously empowering song, Let It Go, from the Oscar-winning animated movie, Frozen, please welcome the wickedly talented one and only Adele Dazim. Hello, 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 and welcome to Movie the Musical, a podcast about movies that have been turned into musicals. I am your host, Ben Kay. We are here to investigate, interrogate, and celebrate the art of adaptation from screen to stage. We are a podcast that loves questions, and today's question is, where, where were you when you first heard Let It Go? Do you remember, <laughs> is it seared into your brain when that... Yes. Is it? Is, do you actually remember? Yes. 1000%. I was in the movie theater and I was, I had been gearing up for that movie for so long. Mm -hmm. And I took a bunch of like girlfriends and then also the little girl I was nannying. And it was just a whole experience. And then I remember jumping into the car right after that and then like downloading it so I could blast it <laughs> on repeat. <laughs> Everyone remembers their first time. <laughs> Everybody remembers their first Let It Go. I think mine was on YouTube after like after the movie came out because this was my first viewing of this film was last night. <gasps> Ooh. What? Ooh. I love it. Um, I love it. However, that song became a quickly became an annoying favorite at the cabaret bar redacted cabaret bar that I work at. So oh yeah, I can imagine it got annoying pretty quick. Yeah. <laughs> well. If it isn't obvious already, we have come to the conclusion of our Disney season. Thank you all for joining us. We have finally gotten to the end uh, with Disney Theatrical's most recent Broadway outing, um, which of course started with the 2013 film Frozen, directed by Chris Buck and Jennifer Lee, and its subsequent 2018 musical theater adaptation with a book by Jennifer Lee, music and lyrics by Kristen Anderson Lopez and Robert Lopez. Uh, as always, our wonderful producer and editor, Bran Moorhead, is here. Hello, Bran. Good morning, Arendelle. <laughs> I was going to say Vietnam, but Arendelle. Oh. Good morning, Arendelle. Hey, it's the same we, we've, thing. Never we've never recorded this early in the morning before, so get. expect some weird vibes and froggy voices. You got to get your brain's got to wake up. Um, and joining us, uh, she's already been on mic, and I'm thrilled about that. She is uh, a wonderful performer, podcaster, storyteller. Um, you can find her podcast, Tell Me, on a Sunday, among other numerous wonderful endeavors. Uh, Grace Aki is here today. Hello. Hi. Thank you for having me. <laughs> of course. And now... Before we jump into things, um, I, as everyone maybe knows, um, I like to pin a little thesis at the top of this episode because, of course, we're going to talk about Frozen the movie. We're going to talk about Frozen the stage show. But for me, and we'll maybe get into this, sort of the most interesting conversation that stems from these two properties is sort of, they are both, for me, sort of like a, where do we go from here for both Disney animation studios and, and especially Disney theatricals because, and again, we'll get into specifics later, but I feel like they both represent kind of turning points for both uh, 
producing companies in a way. I feel like Frozen, hmm. I mean, Frozen, the movie was, was gargantuan. It's kind of like impossible to sort of like overstate like how impactful of a film this was on Disney animation. Um, it just, mm-hmm. I mean, l- Let It Go Alone has become an infectious earworm that will either, yes, bring you joy or del- and delight or drive you uh, up the wall, uh, depending on who you are. Um, so obviously what it's interesting to sort of look at what has become of Disney Studios since Frozen um, and where is it going from here? And then again with Disney theatricals, um, where did they go from here this, as a producing entity? We've, we've, we talked about this on the Aladdin episode, how mm-hmm. sort of what, there isn't a lot of ground to cover, at least in adaptation land in the Disney sort of canon, or maybe there is, we can talk about that later. But I don't know, it's, it, it's, it'll be interesting to sort of delve more into that. Um, so before we go into that, Grace, um, why Frozen? Why of all things, uh, Frozen. What what is it about the movie and or the stage show uh, that speaks to you? Uh, I remember seeing it, uh, gosh, in 2013. I can't believe it was so long ago. Uh, but I remember seeing it uh, again with like, you know, a group of girls, a group of, uh, especially this young girl that I consider like a daughter, you know what I mean? Um, and getting to see a movie that was not just based on like, how am I going to get the guy? How am I going to get the guy? Mm-hmm. Um, it was just a very exciting sister story. I didn't have a sister, but um, just like that kind of like sibling sisterhood, um, woman empowerment movie musical that kind of uh, spoke to me and, and I was super excited by. Um, I did not see it on Broadway. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar, but like uh, those tickets were insanely expensive. And um, I'm very fortunate and privileged to go to a lot of Broadway shows, um, often just because of the nature of like this industry and what I do. But Disney properties especially have a hard time. They don't comp anybody. (laughs) So um, I've seen I've seen a lot of them. I was, you know, very much connected, unfortunately, to uh, Newsies and then also um, Aladdin as well. Uh, But and, and so I saw it a lot. I very recently got to see the stage adaptation of Frozen, like a few days ago. Yeah, very recently. So, very recently. So it was exciting to finally see this movie that I've seen, I'm not joking, hundreds of times. Oh, wow. Like if you've wow. ever, yeah, if you've ever nannied anyone, that's the go-to. Sure. I've, sure. I only do the Hans part in Love is an Open Door at this point. Like I... <laughs> <laughs> because of every child ever wants to be Anna. And I'm like, I will be the villain. Thank you. Um, so yeah, getting to see something on stage that I feel like I've memorized every beat of was, is very funny because it's been a, a couple of years since I've watched it. But again, like, you know, wh- when it was the height of the frozen, you know, and I still think it's pretty high for kids. Yeah. Like they're still, it doesn't matter where you go. If they see an Olaf doll, like they know they're like, Oh, warm hugs, warm hugs. Like they (laughs) just instantaneously, I think it's, and I think it's really sweet that we, we still have this like connection because I can't really name another Disney property that has that level of immediate reaction for any child not in the same way I think if they saw like you know the little pig Pua and Moana they'd be like oh like Moana but you maybe couldn't name the name or mm-hmm. you know something else like um I just think that the the way that it has been celebrated across every continent is still so funny to me because it's like 
these Norwegian people. I was about, I was about to <laughs> say, yeah. yeah. Um, and so these kids like have grown accustomed to seeing these people. And um, I was super excited to finally see it on stage for sure. Especially knowing that there were a lot more people of color in the show it's, than there are um, in the film in the because film. of where they decide to, you know, set it. That's fine. Um, but also, I mean, they are all white as snow. They they are. They, and they like, kind they you know sterling k brown is in frozen 2 they're like oh yeah. and we'll add our person uh we're like great cool good yeah. on you uh but yes it is they you know they picked one of the whitest places on, on the planet to set this story so yeah i think you're forgetting all the people of color that are are lucky enough to voice rock trolls sure. in this film sure they're like they're not playing real humans but yeah. you know you're not you're not wrong, Bren. Um, you're absolutely right that sort of of the recent Disney animated output, it is definitely the one with the largest footprint. I mean, it's it's only helped by there being a sequel. Um, are you are you a fan of the of, of Frozen Two, Grace? Oh, it was fine. I I definitely I didn't I wasn't like oh wow this was the perfect follow up. Sure. Sure. I thought it was fine. Like it felt like a like a. A, like a straight to streaming mm. release moment, which is weird because it was definitely not that. Like it was in theaters, they had new songs. I just didn't care. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. That's we we are an honest podcast, Grace. Do not worry. Um, and I I will say the thing that is even more fascinating than Frozen Two um, for the those who haven't seen it is Into the Unknown, which is the documentary series on Disney Plus about sort of like the final six months making Frozen 2. It is, it's kind of wild that Disney allowed that to be released to the public. It, it, I think it, they had to in order to get excited about it. For sure. I think that, yeah, because the, initially people were just kind of like uninterested. Uh, so I, it's funny though, because you even mentioned like that soundtrack, like into the unknown and stuff, the, and I never say this, the pop star renditions of all of the songs are bad. Yeah. The panic at the disco cover of into the unknown is real. I'll say, you know what? Panic at the Disco, who is not a band that... No, I'm going on this. I'm doing Brendan, this. I'm, Brandon Urey. Brandon Urey, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, of course he wrote uh, Just a Simple Sponge from one of my favorite shows, the SpongeBob yeah. musical. Um, but, <laughs> like, whatever. Um, but, like, the cover, their cover of Into the Unknown is amazing. Their cover of The Greatest... Casey Musgraves? Yes. Uh, oh, she's great. She just has a new album drop. It's great. Um, yeah. But... Like their cover of that song, The Greatest Show from The Greatest Showman, I would argue is actually better than the one from the movie, whatever your thoughts are on the movie. Um, I don't know. Hire Panic at the Disco to cover your songs. They are very, very good at it. I know they listen to this podcast, so I'm sure they He was a kinky boo. He was. He was a kinky boo. Oh, interesting. Yeah, he was was a replacement on the Broadway Broadway boots. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I write Sins Not Tragedies kind of sounds like a musical theater song. Oh, yeah. He's very theatrical. Oh, yeah. It'll, it'll happen. Fingers crossed, it'll happen. Um, but, yeah, so the, that documentary is kind of like an inside sort of portrayal of, like, them scrambling to finish this film, uh, Frozen 2. It is, it's really fascinating. Like, I would, it's one, maybe one of the better Disney Plus original pieces of content. <laughs> for those looking to to watch something. But we're not 
talking about Frozen 2. We're talking about Frozen Uno, uh, Frozen 1, Frozen, um, which again, yeah, it is, it's really fascinating because it's obviously, it's, right, Brand, this is like the only or like the first major like post-Disney Renaissance musical we're covering, right? Like, yeah. Yeah, this is sort of like, yeah, because obviously like none of the other ones have been really adapted to the stage yet, but it's it's fascinating to sort of, it was going from a world of hand-drawn animation to looking at a sort of like musical theater uh, animated through like 3D computer animation was honestly very jarring for me. Like it was, I don't know about you, Brian. I watched Hunchback in this within like two hours of each other. Yeah. Hunchback of Notre Dame, since we're uh. sort of nearing our our last six months of production on our <laughs> on this season of this. It could make a, into the unknown about our last two weeks. Um, but uh, yeah, I watched both them back to back. Not only is the like going to CG pretty jarring, um, it's also that you can tell like I, 2013 was like when 3D was still a big deal. Sure. Yeah. And you can tell by the lighting in this movie that it was developed for a stereoscopic projection first because it's dark as hell. Yeah. It's very dark. A lot of the film and like a problematic way kind of. Um, and I'm surprised they haven't cleaned it up more for um, Disney plus. I'm sure they'll have like a 4k $40 Blu-ray that comes out soon. Sure. Um, but uh, yeah, it's pretty jarring, and and I was ready to really be not into it. But I think the animation's like still pretty great, it, and like the character designs are really good. It is, it is very good. The character designs, yeah. I mean, that I, I don't know if it's just because it's so seared into my brain. I, I Grace, I certainly haven't seen it as many times as you have, but I've definitely well. See, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> but I will. I will say. So I remember twenty thirteen. Uh, I was. Uh, working at Brand, maybe you know about this. Uh, so Brand and I are both based in Chicago, Grace. Um, and there's oh, amazing! Yeah. I'll be there later this year with because they're coming. They're they're going to be in November. <laughs> that sounds right. Yeah. That sounds like a thing yeah. that is happening. Yeah, they're going to be frozen for like two and a half months in Chicago. <sighs> that's that's a pun, and I love it. Uh, they will be frozen here um, during the winter. But I remember back in 2013. Um, I was working at this thing. Um, I don't care. I'll say it. It's called Winter Wonderfest. It's on yes, uh, oh, yeah, sure. on Navy Pier. I was one of the uh, many dressed-up characters in their holiday <laughs> Christmas uh, themed uh, little sort of thing <laughs> that they do at Navy Pier every year. Uh, yeah. What you mean? You weren't allowed to come as like a walking menorah or something? <laughs> I like, wish I wanted to. <laughs> I wanted to actually represent my holiday, but no, I had to honor Christmas. Um, whatever. I, and elves don't wear yarmulkes. They don't. I wish I would. I would have been the one Jewish elf. That would have been great for me. Um, but no, I remember just because. It was just coming out around that time. I was already in such a wintry holiday mode um, on Navy Pier, which is uh, the most gargantuan piece of commercial yeah. uh, tourist traps in the city of Chicago. Um, so I just, I, it felt huge. It really, really did. Just like being mm -hmm. in such a commercial setting with this. I think we, I went with a friend. I think we saw it like, at, if not like on Navy Pier at that IMAX, like at like probably like, I probably saw it like that brand like the River yeah, East, probably saw it, right down the street, yeah, mm. River East, yeah. Um, but it was it was huge. It was again, like I said, it's kind of like undeniable how much of a sensation it was. And oh, 
Yeah. And, and it was huge at the box office yes. too. It was number yeah. one for like two or three weekends, I think. Yeah. 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 Probably. Uh, we'll get into stats yeah, later. We I'm love sure. stats. We love stats. It, obviously, it won Let It Go, won the Oscar. How could it mm-hmm. not? Uh, it won Best Animated Feature, It which it beat The Wind Rises, which is as of now, Hayao Miyazaki's sure. like final film. I love yeah. that. It's, it's like, still one of my favorites. It's gorgeous. And I'm like, it's an amazing yeah. film. And again, it's like, I get it. Probably should have won, <laughs> but like it's not gonna no. at the Oscars. <laughs> but no. it, it is wild that he only we've talked about this, I think, before. He only has one Oscar for animated film. Yeah. He Spirited could give away. less he couldn't give less. Oh no, shit, I know. I'm sure. Was it there yeah. was there was that story recently where like this other like anime like beat Spirited Away to become the number one like highest grossing film in Japan and like a reporter like he was like helping to like clean up the trash on his road and a reporter went up to him and was like <laughs> tell us what do you think about uh, such and such uh beating uh beating your film at the box office it's like I don't care there's so much trash I need to clean up <laughs> he just like went that is <laughs> like he does not care um and I Doesn't give and a you kind of you kind of got to respect him for that mm-hmm. um but frozen and again like I don't know if we need to do a whole gosh dang plot analysis of this thing right i mean again like this is a film that is sort of seeped into it's it's one of the uh, in our ever expanding pop culture that is the sort of the degradation of the monoculture right so much streaming so much ability to sort of like only find the pieces of media that you want to i feel like this was maybe one of the final remnants of like a piece of monoculture, right? A thing that like everyone knew about, everyone saw, everyone sort of had some kind of frame of reference for. Um, it's mm-hmm. which I, 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 which is again like fascinating. Again, as something that is both a continuation of the spirit of the Disney Renaissance musical era, and sort of Grace, as you were alluding to before, almost like a like a meta commentary on the narrative, right? It's not about. Uh, like finding uh, heteronormative true love. Uh, it's right. it is literally like sort of the running bit of like, oh, you're gonna marry a man you just met. It's like, oh, that obviously that is like such a commentary on stuff like Little Mermaid and yeah. and yeah. Aladdin and all of that. Um, so what you obviously alluded to your deep love of Hunchback, which I am also in the pocket for. I. Just, thing last week uh talked about it that that thing astounds me that thing movie astounds me but what what sort Mm -hmm. of what other uh what other films from that era sort of like really speak to you and from like that that late 80s early 90s renaissance Mm. i mean i was i was a really big pocahontas fan not knowing a lot of the problematic nature of it i'll just be honest um just being a young person i found her to be a child i was a i was a i was a little chong and um i'll tell i'll just tell you like between pocahontas and mulan there were not there there just weren't any like women of color that were strong um in 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 my cartoon life up until that point and so after that especially with the music being as gorgeous as it is um in hunchback again, a strong woman of color, mm-hmm. um, even though she's incredibly sexualized, which is unfortunate, like, thanks to me more. Um, <laughs> but like, she can't help it. <laughs> she's so sexy. Uh, I think that like having 
those women as like the, the beginning of my, my life and in loving movie musicals, especially Disney, I was like, Oh, I'm kind of spoiled. Like Mulan is a fierce warrior. The music's great. It's funny. A lot of times, um, that live action was trash. And, uh, the, uh, Pocahontas was just like, uh, it was just so stunning. It was so visually stunning. Mm -hmm. I would hate to see a a musical adaptation of it because it would just be so wrong. So uh, for many years I was like, oh, that would be so good. But then I'm like, yeah, I think what I love about it is like the music and like what it meant to me at that time, but I don't think it deserves to be on stage. I think we like did it and we did it irresponsibly. So, um, I think of all the things that we're going to turn into a property right now, I think frozen was the right choice. Yeah. It's just, it's just strange what they decided to do. Yes. Sometimes. Sometimes yes, on occasion. Um, yeah, I, we, again, we talked about this in Aladdin, where, yeah, like a lot of the uh, properties that sort of are more sort of, that don't focus as much on white characters, stuff like Pocahontas and Mulan, and even like newer things like Moana are sort of the ones that have yet to be adapted for the stage. But again, yeah. it kind of feels like it would be uh, nightmarish for them to do so because they are just like so... Uh, representative of just uh, white people uh, and terrible racist cultural appropriation. And it's just like, do we really need to continue this for the sake of you making more money, Disney? I don't think so. Um, But you don't have to worry about that with Frozen because it's a bunch of white people. Um, So yes, um, we got our lovely characters, uh, Elsa and Anna, uh, who, uh, Elsa, and like, you know what? I kind of love that they never explain why she has these magical snow powers. It's just like mm-hmm. a thing. Cause like sometimes I feel like, especially in a lot of modern movies, they love to over explain these things. Oh, yeah. And I'm kind of just like, yep, she is magic and you don't have to worry about it. Um, uh, yeah. as the movie itself says, let it go. Um, you roll with it. But it gets to this place where she injures Anna as a child, and so the parents take them to these, uh, again, magical little rock trolls who are very cute, not gonna lie. Um, they're a bunch of little little nice friends. Um, they heal they heal Anna, but in doing so, sort of remove all memory. In the movie. In the movie. In not, the movie. In, yeah, uh, uh, that, not in the show. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exclusively movie talk right yes, now. No, yes, yeah. yes. We are not talking about the musical where there are not rock trolls. We'll get to that in a second. Um, that was- yeah, I like that the only legwork they do magically is the <clears throat> grandpa troll says, like, is this a curse or was she born with it? Mm, sure. And they're like, burn, born with it. And then they move yeah. on. And it's like, yeah. okay, maybe there's like two types. I can I can deal with that. That's cool. Yeah. I like that. Like, I love that. Like, bear, it doesn't matter. I just, it's the only information he needs. So that's the only information I need. Yes. Uh, it's what it doesn't do well of explaining at all is what, what's up with Kristoff's uh, like, was he raised by them? Is that like yes. a... Yeah, yes. Yeah, it, so yeah. He was just raised. Yeah, it seems like he just like... Uh, he was just raised. Yeah, so it, like he was like hanging out with those like ice... Uh, ice farmer. Yeah, the opening. Yeah. What's that song called? Is, the, uh, is it just called Ice or like the heart of the... <laughs> frozen Beware the Frozen Heart? The, is that what it the is? Frozen Heart. Oh, that's what that is. sounds about right. Um, oh. yeah. But then he sort of like runs like the loses his way like he like gets lost like uh away from that i think he just runs into the trolls and just ends up getting raised by them again like you know i i'm not someone who, i don't need a prequel no. i'm not asking for that no this isn't like the beauty and the beast which is getting its like gaston prequel like you don't we don't need everything Ugh. explained to us i literally 
could give two craps less <laughs> about any Beauty and the Beast anything. Not like, for you. Stop. Not for you. Stop. <laughs> stop. We don't need any more, I agree. No, we we certainly don't need the gritty backstory. Syndrome. Leave me alone. <laughs> Let me read and be pretty. Shut up. Like, I can't, st- I can't anymore. Like, can, listen, can in high new, school. Can that be your new Twitter bio? I mean, truly like could not care less um all of the like i remember uh in high school we did beauty and the beast and i just kept thinking like oh i guess because this is like sells to children and they had us double cast and i was playing babette the fucking like slut sorry the slutty like french made feather duster slash spoon oh my gosh Uh. no (laughs) stop this is all dumb uh so yeah no they can stop with beauty and the beast i really don't get the romanticization of it i think it's like about a narcissistic uh, abuser man who befriends a small man and then they uh, try to murder someone okay they do yeah i don't i don't know why we need his uh thrilling uh prequel backstory you're absolutely right hey Maybe his mom was killed by a beast or something. Okay. Oh, that's what it is. They they 101 Dalmatians yeah, yeah, her. You gotta, you gotta. Bad people are sometimes just bad. Move on. Bye. Correct. Gaslight, gatekeep. Gaston. Um, Gaston. Gaston. <laughs> we haven't really talked about. So obviously, yeah, this is a musical. It's a big Disney musical. So leading up to this, so we had, the, uh, I guess, another property that could maybe adapt to the stage are the princess and the frog uh with songs by randy newman um and then obviously tangled was sort of uh one of their big first cg movie musicals Uh, is that in between frog and frozen it sure is uh and that's with alan menken uh doing Mm -hmm. uh music and glenn slater as the lyricist um i really love tangled i really do it's it's a really lovely film they have adapted it into a stage musical for the cruise yes. ships. I don't know yeah. mm-hmm. if they're gonna. It's cute. It, I, I, I'm sure it is, um, and I don't know if they're gonna sort of continue with that property or if they're just gonna leave it on the cruise ships. Maybe they'll put it in a theme park. I don't know. It doesn't sell. If you think about the the entire point of any of these shows, you have to remember is like money and like yep. what Absolutely. they can monetize from. If you had seen the Frozen merch stand that i saw a couple of days ago it was four tables long like it was insane and i don't believe that they have as many opportunities with with a property like tangled to be frank Mm -hmm. with you um and so that's that's why it just doesn't work like if you think about what they have at the parks that is a test sure Mm -hmm. and so um knowing how long it takes to ride elsa's or uh, Olaf. as an adventure, all that stuff, how long it takes to like meet them. That's their barometer for like how well some property like this is going to work out. Sure. Um, so Tangled doesn't get to do that as much as it's beloved. It's just not a property that like is as uh, lucrative yeah. for them. No, absolutely. Well, it wasn't nearly as popular from the jump. I mean, it wasn't as even close to the box office that Frozen was or like just the yeah. household recognition for that. The difference, matter. Mandy Moore versus Idina Menzel. Adele Dazim. Adina Menzel. She's great. We love her. Um, She's in that new Cinderella movie. She sings Material Girl. Um, Mm -hmm. I haven't watched it, and I don't think I will. Um, And I think that's... so glad we're not going to cover that. We're not. I I refuse. I will cover the fake Steve Rogers musical 
that is in the upcoming Hawkeye show before I yes. cover uh, before yes. we cover Cinderella. Um, I think Brian Darcy James and Adam Pascal are in it, so it's technically theater. You know, you know, Alan, Alan Menken did write a song for the first Captain America movie, so um, wow, there is there's wild there's a lot of crossover. Disney, it's very uh, you know, it's they love to work with the same people, but no, so yeah, it was Tangled. Um, and then the next, Frozen was the next movie musical after that. Um, the only other movie musicals, just to sort of look at the scope of where Disney is going as an animation studio, because mm-hmm. um, yeah, they've sort of mastered, if you will. They're sort of like, they're like, okay, we're gonna, they figured out the kinds of non musical animated films to make, right? They've sort of like, they've, mm-hmm. they've got like the Wreck-It Ralphs and the Zootopias Sure. And the big hero sixes and the Raya and the Last Dragon. So it's like it is kind of this like action. They will do like the non-musical action adventure films, mm-hmm. and then we'll sort of throw a musical in there now and then. Because and and we'll get like again. So they've got Moana and they've got the upcoming Encanto that comes out in November. Mm-hmm. And I and I, I I don't know. I, I the, surprisingly that movie comes out in like a little over two months, and there's very little I've heard nary a song from that show uh, mm-hmm. that movie and that's kind of interesting to me because it's Lin-Manuel he's he's mm-hmm. I don't yeah. know if you've heard he's a he's a popular guy that Lin-Manuel Miranda um in my experience it's usually a sign of it being bad or um the studio thinking that it's bad and wanting to change a bunch of stuff at the last minute and so we'll see literally what literally no way of knowing um, I and nope. I don't like to speculate, so we'll you know what we'll, we'll see in the movie when it comes out, and we'll we'll find out. But obviously, this this is not a this is not a Lin Manuel property, and this is not an Alan Menken property. This is Kristen Anderson Lopez and Robert Lopez, who we previously discussed on our Patreon because they wrote uh, they were brought on to write songs for the Finding Nemo musical, which oh yeah, which which just closed. Break well, breaking wow. news, Grace. Breaking news yeah. on Twitter this morning. Actually, they've now announced that they're going to reopen it in an altered version. And a friend of mine like responded, and I kind of it, it sounds like maybe they're going to shorten it. Maybe they're going to add like lips. I, I, again, this is all speculation. Like I don't know what they're going to do. But in their like press release, they said they're going to add quote unquote new story elements. And but keep your song favorites like in the big go blue the world flow. and go with the, go the flow's a banger. We talked about that. Yeah. Um, that's and yeah, and we, as we talked about on the Patreon, they wrote uh, kick ass songs for that show. And I guess Disney mm-hmm. was like, all right, you, you got it. You've got the stuff. Frozen. Uh, here's the snow. Or, I bet it, it probably was originally called the Snow Queen. And now Disney's come into this like interesting fashion of like, we don't want to like because they like don't want to just like make girl movies, quote unquote. So you like yeah, they're, they're using one word properties so that they can uh, kind of mass, you know, keep it keep it towards everyone. But also, it's not the Snow Queen. Sure, if yeah. you read that original tale, I'm like, guys, that we go through. There's like two sisters. It's like Gerda and Birdie, or something. I forget what it is. Uh, but it's literally like they go through every single season. They get to the Snow Queen. She's evil. Like it's it. 
it's not the Snow Queen at all. So like pretending to to call it their version of that is strange. Sure. Uh, but Frozen mm-hmm. keeps it at least it, hopefully uh, in some capacity gender neutral. And then also they're able to like sell to uh, boys. Cause like, do you remember Brave? Mm-hmm. That was like sure. one of the first times they mm. decided to like go, oh, what if we called it Brave? Sure. And then we tricked young people into being yes. like, it's actually about a mother-daughter situation. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's, it, it's been working for them. I don't really care. Sure. Uh, Moana was fine because yeah. it was her name. Um, again, I, I just, um, whatever they need to do to sell this to whomever they want sure. is what they're going to do. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And again, like it frozen as a sort of retitling of the story makes a little more sense than changing Rapunzel to Tangled. Um, again, again, like I get, I get the mental math there, um, but you could have just called it Rapunzel. It's Rapunzel. Um, but yeah, I, so yeah, it is interesting to sort of look at obviously, uh, Kristen and Robert, uh, the son, the songs that they've written, um, they obviously have more of a pop sounds to them than the Alan Menken, uh, Disney Renaissance songs. Yeah. Um, sure. yeah. And obviously let it go is it, it became sort of, I, I mean, let it, let it go. Let's talk about let it go, which obviously is performed with bravura by uh, Adina Menzel, like no question. And a computer. Yeah. Yes. yes and a com- can't do that live. And a computer. Yeah. You can't do it live. No. Um, so, but what is, what is it? What is, what do we think it is? Like, I don't know if like anyone has thought to like, how, how did this song sort of become the sensation that it is? Is, I mean, like, it, it, I'd say right off the top, it's legitimately a good song. Sure. Like it's a good song. It's a good pop anthem. Like uh, it's kind of an I want song, or it's almost like an opposite of an I want song. You know, because I guess she wants to. It's the not eleven want. o'clock number of this musical, if you're going to call it that. You know what I sure. mean? Like because because it, yeah. it, it. I mean, you know. Um, but I think that we didn't have like a belter anthem in a long time yeah. since Idina Menzel doing Define Gravity. Sure. Yes. Which I, so yeah. 100%. It's kind of like their follow-up to that. And, you know, because it, it was, because it ended up not being Betsy Wolf, you got to reclaim Idina's like space on the throne of Broadway Beltress anthems. Mm-hmm. Um, and because I think that we were really, really lacking that in, in, every community and like, you know, young people, uh, people that are musical theater fans, people that are Disney fans. Uh, we had just around the river bend forever, sure. um, out there is a great song, but we didn't have the same notoriety with it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, uh, reflection is not a Belcher song, uh, from Mulan. <laughs> no. It's beautiful. The Christina Aguilera version is better. I love you though. Um, Leah Salonga. Um, but yeah, so like this was, this was the first time in a very long time that we had something that was so incredibly iconic that we yeah. could scream in the car and everybody knows what it is. It is. I mean, it's up there with part of your world and yeah. uh, some songs from Aladdin, I think like truly. Yeah. It but is, again, they weren't these big alto belty numbers. Correct. They are those are all I want songs that are so incredibly iconic and I love them. But you don't have the same, and unfortunately for you, screaming drunk girls at the bar being like, I want to do that one. <laughs> I want to do that. <laughs> you didn't have that. Tr- yeah, Nobody's truly. doing that for part of your world. They're doing it for defying gravity and let it go. 
for sure. It is, it is interesting, again, from sort of like a structural perspective that, yeah, Let It Go isn't so, an I Want song. I, I Arguably, this show doesn't have an I Want song. You could, you could make the argument that it's for the first time in forever for mm-hmm. Anna, but I, I mean, yeah. I, uh, but again, that's less sort of in, I guess, less defined as an I Want song. Um, yes. Mm-hmm. So it, it is interesting that yeah, like the big song isn't an I want. It's a, it's a I it, an, I, it's an I have song, I suppose, or it's like a. It's sure. like a discovery number. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, like it, it is the defying gravity of the show. And again, thank, luckily they got the the dang same actor to sing the thing. Um, yeah, but, to play an eighteen year old woman. Yeah. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> she's been she's been doing it for 30 years if meg playing 18 year old meg ryan can play an 18 year old as anastasia then. can i quickly if you're gonna bring up that okay Please. i was walking in soho one day um brian happy I, I, I'm a huge Nora Ephron fan. Like Meg Ryan and every Nora Ephron film is really important to me uh-huh. as a person. Um, big fan of hers. But I was walking in Soho. I was walking to work many, many years ago. And I heard someone talking behind me, but I had my headphones in and I couldn't place it. But I started singing in my brain hole, heart, don't fail me now. Oh or, like I could, I don't know why. And I just started doing that. I was like, why is it stuck in my head? And then I realized it's because Meg Ryan was standing behind me talking. Oh. <laughs> and I just associate her voice with the triggering of that song, which isn't even her singing no. it. It's Liz Calloway. Yeah. But I was just so, <laughs> I was cracking up for the, like, the rest of the week being like, I can't believe a person's voice triggers a song don't even sing but that's that's the power of these movie musicals especially in animation is like we just immediately go into it like i, I guarantee you if we ever heard uh, idina saying any any version of her lines from that movie we'd be just be oh, like yeah. okay Da-da-da. like we yeah. just immediately <laughs> um so yeah uh i i think it's great i'm, I'm glad that we had this number in this in this film because i think a lot of the songs are really really good yeah. um it's not just that one that stands out oh yeah no like they 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 got it da- like the Lopez songwriting team. They got it down, uh, both just like from, but also making it their own, right? Like they they clear mm-hmm. like it is. This is clearly not an Alan Menken scored like movie, but you can sort of see yeah. you can sort of connect the dots of how we got from like our Little Mermaid to here in the songwriting, mm-hmm. um, which is I don't know. It's it is it is cool to see sort of the next generation of. Disney songwriters. It, I don't think they have. I mean, I think this I, again. I don't know sort of what is happening behind the doors of the Disney Animation Studios. I don't know if they are like banking on Kristen Anderson Lopez and Robert Lopez all in Manuel sort of being their go-to songwriters mm-hmm. like Alan Menken and uh, his many lyricists were in the nineties. Sure. I don't know. Well, now they have to rely on star power. It's really different than it used to be. Yeah. Um, they have to rely on who can, who has the notoriety like Lynn sure. um, as a composer. And we don't really have anybody else like that besides like asking Paul, they've not been tapped to do uh, an animated situation from what I understand. Um, Which is so, surprising, yeah. right? Isn't that kind of surprising? Well, they've been busy. Sure. I mean, like Greatest Showman is like, uh, was such a big thing in like La La Land, all those, and then of course, like just now with Darren Hansen, like they've kind of 
been doing stuff. So like the animation people, I feel like have just like started gearing themselves towards like Bobby and Kristen. And like, also I think Kristen's like sister team as well, uh, does some writing. Interesting. Uh, yeah. Like, yeah. Like I think they do like central park, um, the animated series on Apple. Oh, sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, but again, also, I, I know it looks good for them optics wise to have people of color writing a lot of their music. Yeah, um, sure. that's definitely not going unnoticed. So yeah, I think that they have to, because of our digital age and whatnot, like they have to rely on like the, the notoriety of a name, whereas they could have years ago gotten away with, if nobody knew Alan Menken's name, they hadn't seen, yeah. you know, like little shop and stuff, like, they sure. wouldn't know or care. Um, they would just be like, this music's good. And then they're mm-hmm. like, Angela Lansbury's singing it. So I'm in. Yeah. <laughs> it's not the same way anymore. What, so what, they have to. Well, it's interesting too, because they do have to rely on the name, but like, as we're seeing with like, the bevy of big name stars in the Marvel universe is that they also want a lot of names because then they don't have to pay one of them a ton of money. Sure. And that's like part, I'm not even, I yeah. mean like, yeah, I'm being like a bit cheeky here, but like it's, I mean, it is part of the reason that the Marvel MCU got so big so fast is because after Robert Johnny Jr. Um, made it work with the first one, he locked in a huge contract and they're like, well, we have to get enough people so Mm -hmm. we can kill off Iron Man because if he does 10 movies with us, he gets like 2% of international gross and we cannot give him $10 billion of our money, you know? And that's why Mm -hmm. you have stuff like, uh, Scarlett Johansson suing them because they didn't release the movie in the in 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 theaters and that kind of a thing. So I think that we'll because I would imagine that by the end, and I guess not the end because Alan Menken's still alive. But I would imagine that towards the end of the '90s, Menken and Ashman had to have been would have been pulling down so much money per picture because yeah. they could because they had nobody else to go to. Whereas if they have a Lin Manuel and a Lopez and Anderson Lopez team and this other sister team, and yada, yada, on and on and on, they can be like, all right, well, we'll just put you on ice for, pun intended, uh, a few <laughs> films here, and then and we'll go work with these other people, and then whenever you want to come to negotiate on our terms a little more, we'll come back and maybe do another movie together. Yeah. So it is, and it is suits them in all, in all quadrants. It is also sad because, yeah, like Grace, as you alluded to before, like Howard Ashman and Alan Menken were yeah, discovered through this off-Broadway hit. And that's just yeah. like, I mean, like arguably that kind of happened with Lin-Manuel, obviously in the Heights was off-Broadway and then it went to Broadway and then sort of everything followed from that. But like, there are a lot of very talented off-Broadway and or like underground like composers who probably could write the heck out of one of these movies and it is a shame that like that pipeline like it did in the 80s just isn't a thing right now um i mean that's that's what happened with aaron's flaircy for anastasia right like this like Mm -hmm. that was that sort of happened concurrently with rank time right it would like they it was really stuff like once on this island and my favorite year that sort of got them to that anastasia writing place so it is it it would be lovely for right. sort of the again the bevy of wonderful and not even New York based, just like glo- national Period, and yeah. international yeah. musical theater songwriters to sort of have those same opportunities to write for the big screen. And it isn't just like whatever's happening. Uh, and Robert uh, Lopez is a, even like a decent and interesting example of that because Avenue Q started as this off Broadway thing, and he was like. 
you know, writing songs that are kind of making fun of, even in Book of Mormon, that are making fun of I want songs and these classic Disney tropes and all this stuff. And then it's not until he writes a like legitimate well he wins an he wins a tony and then writes a like legitimate version of this for uh the finding nemo stuff that they're like okay cool and then he's like i guess i can do it for real too it's just <laughs> funny to see kind of you like, have to have known how to versions. do that if you're going to parody it absolutely yeah. yeah no question um we could go on for hours about this particular topic so i need to bring us to um the other main focal point of Frozen, and then I, I do want to actually move us to the stage show because I feel like we focused on the movie for a long time. Um, Olaf. Olaf, Olaf. That lovable little Josh Gad-voiced snow, snowman uh, Olaf, who, along with Let It Go, became, like, the thing of this movie. Right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and this was, like, again, this was probably, like, I, I want. I need to look this up. Like this was like Josh Gad's, like one of his first big things. It's obviously he was in Book of Mormon. He got that. Um, he got Tony totally nominated for that. And so, yeah, spell. Yeah, obviously he was in Spelling Bee. He was like making making the rounds on stage. But then, like you know, once once you go Disney for a lot of folks, you you never go back. Uh, yeah, I mean, and that's thanks to the Lopez's. I mean, yeah. Yeah. If if he had not, you know, been that kind of like golden child of Mormon, probably wouldn't be there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, because yeah, and it's not like he wasn't like doing anything before. Like he was a correspondent on the Daily Show for years. No, but they would have asked yeah. Jason Alexander. They would have had someone else that has like a a more notable or character actory name. Yeah. Um, they were very fortunate to have already had musical theater ties and. So having Josh do it was really like kismet. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I mean, again, like he's funny in this movie. Like I am, I'm not mm-hmm. going to lie. I think he is very, it's Olaf. I mean, Olaf is a very silly character. I mean, he is a snowman. He doesn't like, he doesn't have a brain. Um, So he's, right. he's, he's kind of a, a simple character, but gosh darn it. Is he very cute and fun? He's got a carrot for a nose. He's charming. Um, well, actually, Brent, you you watched this for the like you said you watched this for the first time last night. Um, what do you think of it? You watched the the show or the the movie? The film. Oh, okay, okay. Period. Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, Olaf's fine. <laughs> he's he's he. There are a couple times where I was like, this is a feels a little out of place at this moment. Maybe wouldn't have put this particular joke here. But uh, there's some pretty funny ones. His his snowman in the summer song, that's pretty cute, yeah. pretty funny. Oh yeah. Um, especially the like we've we've talked about the trope of inserting a different word for something that would rhyme with puddle in this. Yes. He's like, I'll turn into a happy snowman or something like that. Like yeah. that's pretty funny. Um, I'm trying to think. There's one where he like looks. There's one that's that's like at a pretty serious moment. Now I can't remember what it's. The gag uh, is. Well, it's I. I maybe I have the exact same one, or it happens multiple times. It's them at the ice palace, and Anna mm-hmm. is like very hesitant about like knocking on the door. It's like, is she gonna face her sister? Is it not? And then you have Olaf like, why isn't she knocking? Did she forget how knocking works? And it's like, <laughs> not now. 
buddy. <laughs> She's going through something. So yeah, that can <laughs> that can be sometimes the frustrating thing with it. Like they use humor to like diffuse what might otherwise be a serious emotional moment. Sure. Um, and I don't even mind that as a thing if it's, but like, there's a couple of them that I was like, this joke is not worth that. Sure. You know what I mean? Where it's like, this feels like an ad lib, which good for you. I like Josh Gad. I think, especially in Mormon, he's like excellent. Um, but uh, there's a couple times where I'm like, well, the joke is not worth the uh, diffuse of the tension, you know? Yeah. But he's fine. He's 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 cute. I like his little weird feet. <laughs> Who makes a snowman with feet like that? Oh, baby Elsa. Weird kids. Baby yeah, Elsa. Weird kids. Yeah, that's who does mm-hmm. it. Um, Grace, I, I imagine that uh, Olaf is. You you might know. He's very popular with the kids, with the young, with the young folk. Yes, very much so. I mean, he's he's just a bundle of joy, and and like a lot for a lot of times, I think uh, some of the people that are watching it. Uh, are incredibly young, impressionable and curious. And he kind of embodies all of that with humor. Mm-hmm. And it's never, oh, isn't it funny that he's dumb? Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you think about it, like he's very like, he doesn't know a lot of stuff, Yeah, but it's never presented in a way that's like degrading or like, he's just new. He's He's just like a brand new thing. He was invented. And so having all the curiosity Set with like laughter, humor, and love, I think is super important for young people. Absolutely. Yeah, no, it's it he is a very yeah. childlike character. So there's obviously a lot of relatability there. That is very good. I do mm-hmm. like there's a moment uh where I think Christoph also, side note, bold of them to cast, at least in the first film, bold of them to cast Jonathan Groff and not give him a big give him song. A song? To Hilarious. <laughs> bold. Bold is all I'll say. Uh, but whatever. Um, but there's a moment where Kristoff like Raiders are better than people. They, they they are. They are better than people. And he he sings about it in a goofy way for what, like 40 seconds? Um, but he does yeah. yes. Um, but he's like, oh, like, oh, careful, you'll like you'll break your skull or something. And then Olaf's like, I don't have a skull or bones. Or bones. <laughs> yeah. And doesn't it's good. He's funny. He's yeah. a funny snowman. Yeah. Um mm-hmm whatever um but then yeah it's again you get this uh you get this wonderful uh ending where uh Anna's heart gets infected and she needs an act of true love will like break her ice curse and you like expect it to be like uh, the kiss from someone and it's you think it oh Hans is gonna save her voiced by Santina Fontana and he's like no I'm actually an asshole which isn't that always the way um isn't that always what happens um people are jerks when you least suspect it but then no it's an act of sisterly love that breaks the curse um and that's lovely i think it's a lovely the lovely little message to end the film mm-hmm. on and olaf gets to live in he has his little snow cloud so he gets to uh not perish he does die for a second in, in frozen 2 which is horrifying yeah he kind of almost dies now yeah it's it's you're right <laughs> twice twice <laughs> yeah. he's split up into three parts and then later he starts melting so i'm like he's near death a lot <laughs> and again mm-hmm. but he also probably doesn't even understand the concept of death he's a snowman he can't feel pain no he's a he's fine he is fine everyone um frozen you've seen it millions of times um but 
I like the I like the 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 heavy dialect guy in the cabin who's got like who's selling oh. them stuff. Oh. I like that sequence. We'll get to that. Uh, oh yeah, we unfortunately have to talk about well, that a lot more. Well, I have different feelings than you, Bran. Uh, we'll get okay. to that in a second. Um, so I was thinking when I was looking at the stage adaptation and especially the timeline of the adaptation, um, we I was thinking a lot about Beauty and the Beast. I was thinking a lot about Beauty and the Beast because I felt like this really mirrored the timeline of that show of, and how that show was brought to the stage. It was brought fairly quickly, like, mm -hmm. well, like two to three years, like after that film. And this came, yeah, like it was, it, they started developing it like immediately. They were like, we are turning this into a stage show. Like right. no question about that. They originally had uh, Alex Timbers as the stage mm -hmm. director. Um, yep. He left the production, uh, I'm guessing, due to that uh, wonderful thing we love to call creative differences in the industry. Um, who knows what that would have looked like, um, but also he's doing fine. His, his show about uh, bug juice is coming back to Broadway. He is okay. Um, but and he's got Moulin Rouge. <laughs> it's almost, yeah, again, he's got Moulin Rouge. Dude is fine. He didn't have to need. He didn't need the Disney money. He's okay. Uh, but they, he was replaced by uh, Michael Grandage. Uh, it tried out mm -hmm. in uh, in Denver, cold place. Yep. Uh, and then it opened up Broadway in 2018. <laughs> um, and yeah, similarly to Beauty and the Beast, uh, one of the original uh, creators of that movie wrote the book. So co-director Jennifer Lee is the book writer here. And then also the voice of the mom in the film. Is she? Yeah. Wow. Weird. I love that. And there's a lot of, there's a lot of weird cameos from like the writing team. In the yeah. Movie. Like I, the guy who I was just talking about, the incredibly heavily dialect. I want to say, I don't know what country are they supposed to be aping here? Norwegian or Norway? Norway. Any just yeah. generally I think, Scandinavia? I think, it's, yeah, I think it's Norway. Yeah. It's what because people it's, think it's, about this film. it's set in the Norway uh, part of Epcot. Like when you go to the park, that's, sure. that's where they've set Frozen. Um, okay. Cause they, they did used to have a very cute uh, a little a troll um, Viking ride there called Maelstrom. And oh. now it's the Disney Frozen Adventure. So it's the exact same ride. Uh, with sure, Olaf. they just changed. Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just put a cardboard cutout of Olaf at the entrance. Right. Done. Five dollar uplift face grip facelift. Um, but yeah, so, um, but yeah, so then they obviously uh, Kristen and, and Bobby uh, write a bunch, a lot of new songs for this thing. I will say, like, I got you. You kind of again, whether you like them or not, like they they didn't just they didn't skimp on writing new material for this thing. They they went into it. So good on y'all. Um never seems to be a problem with these adaptations is writing too little. Sure. Eh? <laughs> sure. <laughs> yes. I mean like right isn't that the thing? It's always like uh it is it's always just like they gotta expand it so so much. Um they don't though. Well, you're you're right. Though. It could just be a one I mean you gotta have it it could be a one act. You can't because you gotta sell more merchandise. Oh good god damn it, you're right. Yeah. So I did I did see this thing on Broadway um way yeah. back when I, I did a double a double feature. I saw the matinee of Frozen and then uh, an evening performance of SpongeBob. Um and I don't need to tell you which one I liked more. Um but 
SpongeBob. Disney at the daytime and Nick at night. Nick, it, it truly was Nick at night, and mm-hmm. it was a superior Nick at night, I'll say that. Um, but yeah, it was, I mean, it felt so many, so many young people, so many kids. Um, it felt like I was at a Disney theme park watching that show. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I, Grace, I don't know what sort of the audience was like uh, when you went to see it. And obviously, this is a mid-pandemic Broadway this tour. This was I got to see the right, like I got to see the opening preview for the first time that this theater in Buffalo is getting back to doing theater at all. So the ushers and the whole staff was like incredibly timid, which is understandable, but also made the audience timid. And so like, I felt like they weren't as lively as the opening night audience, but I think that people are slowly getting back to it. Um, you never know with when you're not in New York, like what the city's going to feel like. Yeah. And so we've never been in a city in a pandemic in general for theater. So um, yeah, it was definitely strange. It's, it's not like it wasn't well received because of the material. It's literally just like the, the, what we have to work with right now. Uh, so yeah, I, I was excited that there were a lot of young people seeing the show, perhaps too young sometimes. Sure. Um, as to where, you know, they're yelling out iconic lines, hopefully mm-hmm. not too much. Um, <laughs> I, I hate more than anything when people yell out um, ob- the obvious like break in, in summer when they're like, um, put me in summer and I'll be a, and if some kid says puddle, you know, stop breathing. You know, I don't, um, <laughs> like, <laughs> do that. um, but my favorite was when, when that happened, one of the nights that I got to see it, I heard a kid go happy snowman. And I was like, that is the most precious thing in the whole world. Like, I love it's that you, you're trying to help. Like, <laughs> um, <laughs> hopefully they didn't say it too loud because, you know, you don't want to disturb everyone because then everyone starts laughing. Yeah. Um, like, like at one point, you know, in the show and in the movie, Anna does freeze. And I had forgotten that part of the show. I didn't know how they were going to do that. I was pleasantly surprised at how they were able to pull that off. It was really beautiful. Yeah. I love practical theatrical magic. What they do they do? It. Is it with like costume and lighting? Um, they, yeah, but in a way that like actually stunned me, there was uh without like giving too much of like a spoiler. Cause I, I would hope that people are able to see this, especially since it's on tour. Sure. Um, but like they, they do freeze her with the use of lights and also people to, to give your eye like a trick for a moment. And you definitely know what it is. It's not like they're like, sure. Oh, we fooled you. You know, no. like the whole audience knows, but there was this beautiful, like, Oh, right after it happened, which is cool. how, you know, something works. Yeah, um, yeah. But what was great was when that happened, obviously um, she's trying to save her sister uh, and Elsa's there. And Elsa of course is like crying and, and like, just like giving you all the, the feelings. Yeah. And I heard this one child go, it's okay. It's okay. Oh. Like you're gonna, and I was just like, Oh my God. That is, it's, it's I love it just, I love young audience members because they are the most honest. Yeah, they like they will yeah. tell you what they are thinking. Yeah, guess what? If your joke's not landing, guess what? They're not gonna yeah. laugh. Maybe they'll it's even true. boo. Who knows? <laughs> um, I will say. Yeah, I mean they're incredibly supportive because they love it. Yes, um, I will say, and I'm, I'm, I'm guessing that they kept it for the tour. It's some of the most impressive, and we don't we don't usually talk about production stuff, but whatever um it's some of the most impressive projection mapping i've seen mm. uh in a show 
um, like just the like especially end of Act One. So obviously they they position Let It Go as the Act One finale because how can you not like of how course. like that's you 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 gonna you have to take a ten minute break for applause at the end of it anyway. Yes, if exactly. You're not gonna put it at the act break. Yes. So and just like the way that sort of they use projections to sort of like map the set transform. In, uh, it's very it's mm-hmm. it's cool. Like they got that fucking Disney money. They they use it well here. Cool. Looks good in the movie too. The, I mean, like all of the yeah. ice and the the digital snow effects are pretty pretty good. Yeah, and I will say pretty so. Good. And I was th- like I said, I was thinking about Beauty and the Beast because I think this is like Beauty and the Beast, uh, a stage adaptation where it is just the sh- the movie plus. Right? It is like mm-hmm. it is a lot of similar dialogue. It's obviously a lot of the similar songs, and there's just like a little bit extra. And it's also just like a lot of moments where it's like sequences that happen in the movie but they are now set to song right i think especially of like something like colder by the minute which is sort of like the big sort of like penultimate like sequence of of them like of anna and elsa trying to find each other on the ice and all of that um where it is essentially Mm -hmm. just that sequence of the film but it is now set to music um hans get one day more yes it's, yeah, this kind of one day more ish. <laughs> yeah. um, but yeah, now obviously uh, Hans gets a little bit more to sing. Uh, he gets to sing the same song like three times, so that's great. Um, it's whatever. It's it's fine. It works for him. Um, uh, Christoph gets a little bit more. I do. I real. So like, what do you know about love? Is like again, it's sort of like the musical version of the you married a man you just met. It's kind of like the musical antithesis of love is an open door kind of mm-hmm. right but it's because also like we've not we don't have any connection with Christoph. no like I, no. I mean seriously if you think about it like what why why does this person help her <laughs> it's right. absolutely bizarre and then them being like nice i guess we're at odds yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but let's help each other through this song and it's a cute song i thought it was fine and then i really appreciate that they give Kristoff in the second half of the show um a reprise yes. that's really beautiful because again like we're really lacking in uh-huh. a lot of these moments of like okay why do you give a crap like reasons to root <laughs> you know, for i was Sven. just thinking yeah. about like the fact that like olaf doesn't have or a number Christoph. in the second half of the show um and so it's just kind of like you did in summer now be funny the rest of the yeah. time. Yeah. Like, you know, there's this sweet moment, you know, when, when she's dying, yes. <laughs> there, um, helping her not do that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like the, I think that the, some of the best numbers from, from when I was seeing it here, obviously, like we know that Anna and Elsa are going to have these like killer songs, like monsters crazy, mm-hmm. but um, Hans, Hans gets to like kill it a couple of times. Yeah, no, it's mm-hmm. true. They, they give them stuff. I'm, I'm, it's, it's great. And like, yeah, I would say what what is dubbed in the in the show is Christoph Lullaby, which is sort of his slower version of What Do You Know About Love? Mm. Um, is mm-hmm. and that is my favorite new song that they wrote for this show. It's really slow yeah. and sweet and adds emotion um and adds sort of character and adds adds something to the stage adaptation that I felt was sorely missing from the film. And so that for me is a real success. Um and speaking of things that I and that are added that I think are great, so obviously, I, Bran, Bran, just wait. Uh, so 
obviously at the top of act two so act one has ended let him go you have him rock him to the restrooms you did it so how do you open act two well as we alluded to there's this little uh shopkeep character (laughs) um and he gets to it's it's so bizarre because he like he breaks. Pretty big in the movie. He's a big, big guy. It's, a, it's a fun little. Not very char- little. Yeah, it's a fun character design in the film. Um, but he he breaks the fourth wall. He's talking with us. A device that has never been introduced in this show. It's just like the show that you just <laughs> talked about, SpongeBob. Um, Patchy the Pirate opens Act Two with that big crazy number where he's talking to the audience. It's the same type of trope where we're like, how do we wrangle the kids? Sure. Back? Because here's the thing: when kids go see a show like this after let it go after define gravity they are literally checked out yeah so oh, you yeah. have to actually talk to them sure. that's the oh, yeah. only way you can keep going um if it were i think it would make sense if it were olaf um to wrangle the kids back sure. because he's he seems to be the, the through line of like hey we're on the same page like you and uh-huh. me right but the fact that they don't have him do it is fine because i think that the character that they've chosen um is, is super fun and funny and pretty iconic from the film the mm-hmm. thing about that song is that like if you're singing an accent and you're saying, you know, that you have this like hut and then you have this sauna. First of all, if you are not like a, an incredibly privileged like person, you probably don't know what a sauna is. Sure. Now, sure. now let's also use an accent and say sauna. So you're sure. already hearing a word you're unfamiliar with in an accent and then naked people run out. Explain to me the thought process for the children. Like I... I, I had such a hard time with it because I was like, these people are like dancing and singing and it's so joyful, but it is absolutely bizarre and I'm uncomfortable and I hate it. <laughs> but That's, you know, Grace, when you put it like that, <laughs> when you when you put it like I I didn't even know that leaves were to like fan yourself, like to like pat sure. your body in a sauna. Mm-hmm. I just thought they're covering themselves yeah. like Adam and Eve style. Right. Like yes. it was absolutely creepy. And I just felt bad because I I wish I could have just looked at the audience for them to be like. <laughs> I'm giving you listeners i'm giving a face of wait what <laughs> <laughs> I will, now, now, uh, also it's all based around this instagram worthy word i know it's a real thing Huga. i know it's a real Huga. concept Huga. yes Huga. um but like it's been it's such a like meme thing in america for the last 10 years to talk about especially in anywhere that gets remotely cold they're like i'm gonna get my higa i got my sweater and my higa you know and you just like a a white woman's instagram is full of higa higi yeah yeah it took me two years to realize yeah but Mm -hmm. uh, so so a couple of things grace you're absolutely right that patchy the pirates does do a second act opener uh, a wonderful song (laughs) a wonderful song written by sarah borellis but whatever Mm -hmm. um but that show also opens with patchy talking to the audience the device has been introduced already i will be the dramaturg for any production of spongebob the musical the spongebob (laughs) musical um anyway um I, what I like, <laughs> what I like about this song is, and obviously the character, his name is Oaken. In the original Broadway mm-hmm. production, he was played by uh, Kevin Dell, Kevin Del Aguilar. Um, mm-hmm. Who, it's uh, this, you know, again, like I, I think you're absolutely right. There are a lot of issues with the song, especially with the presentation. It is very out of tune with the rest of the show. Um, mm-hmm. It seems, but that's okay. And, and that is that's okay. not the problem, in my opinion, with the song. It seems you know like what I mean. It seems like but it's like fun and dumb. It seems like a remnant 
from the Alex Timbers production because obviously Kevin yeah. has Kevin worked with Alex on Peter and the yeah. Starcatcher. So it right. seems like it seems like maybe mm-hmm. this was like one of the things from that. And again, I get no way of knowing what that version of the show uh, is. Um, but yeah, that's that's kind of one of the only reasons why I'm like semi charmed by it, while also yeah. recognizing uh, it's uh, it, that it's yeah. There's a lot of issues with it. There's a lot of sort of confusion about it. It's not all. It's yeah, especially for like audiences who have no reference point for what is happening. Uh, because yeah, it's a lot of stuff that isn't actually explored a lot in the movie that it is based on. Um, yeah, but I don't. Yeah, and it is also like it can also become grating to just sing the same word over and over and over and over and over again. That can sometimes not be the most exciting yeah. thing to experience as an audience member. Yeah, I think it's I think it's cute though for kids to like be able to take away a thing sure. because if they've got something stuck in their head, you know it worked. None of none of the things that don't work about the song for me are the actual song. It's it's really like the number that they're choosing to do, sure. which is like naked people in a sauna. Like that's when I'm just like, I don't, I don't think it works sure. here. Um, and it's it's like a bizarre sexualization of like, especially like the women in the company. They're having to cover their breasts yeah. and uh, bottom parts, and then the men are just covering the bottom parts of them. So I'm like, okay, cool. So like, women's breasts are sexualized, not men's. Got it. And then, um. They're in these like naked unitards with like painted yeah. nipples. Weird. No, thank you. Weird. Um, I want uh, final, final big adjustment that I want to talk about um uh in the show, and then we'll wrap things up. Uh the the trolls, the trolls who are not in the show anymore. Um, and they are now uh the the hidden folk. Hidden folk who look like which yeah. I don't know, they look like first draft <laughs> avatar characters. Uh, Let me uh-huh. say this: They have changed. They have changed. Um, in in very recent times, um, from what I can see from like production photos of the original, and then now, um, the tails were taken away. Good. Um, the the masking situation was taken away. It very much looked like there was maybe dirt and or similar to blue. Mm. Um, Disney just uh, you know, can't get away, can, cannot run away from blackface. Yeah. Every property, we're like, any- it looks kind of like blackface. Like, I swear to God, every musical we've mentioned it about something. Yeah, like, you don't want any child to be like, oh, look at the monkeys. Like, yeah. they're not yeah. that. Nope. So, having them be actual, just like, and, and, you know, you don't want their hair to resemble any kind of, like, indigenous people and or dreadlocks, especially on all these white people, predominantly. No. So, um, having them uh, be just like very like sterile, strange, fine with more so. Um, if I'd seen that, you know, the one that I've, I've looked up pictures for, I don't know how I would have handled it. Um, I... But they're not going to be my cute, adorable, dumb troll rocks. <laughs> you can be in like, you know, abs out, very uh, <laughs> leafy, whatever. I wish they could have just found a way to put the trolls on stage. I think. Well, they well, don't they have a problem with did. puppets because Olaf has the 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 weird like walking around puppet person. Yeah. You know. Yeah, but what you have is first of all a a crap ton of puppets, sure. yeah, of um, which is very expensive. And sure. from what I understand and have seen of the Olaf puppet gear, it is incredibly painful. Like they even have yeah. like Sven. That's it's wild. 
I can imagine. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's like a metal bar that runs from the back, the top mm-hmm. of the back to like, um, to the front and then like the hand position. It's, it's incredibly, uh, it's insane. Um, but having that, um, as the troll people also implies like a very, like little people are things type of visual yeah. that is not sure. helpful. Sure. Yeah. So honestly, I, I fully agree with you. I was very much on board of like, I wish they had just done the freaking trolls. Like that's funny. And it's, it's like, cool. But when you think of a stage and you're looking at people, I think that we have to like humanize that and not mm. try to be like, that's an other, I think it's, it's yeah. better that they're unfortunately like sexy, gross, uh, <laughs> sure. people, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like uh, of all the things I think that that's what has to work. Yeah. I think, yeah. So Uh, Want to wrap things up. Uh, Frozen is fine. It is fine. If you like the movie, you'll probably like the stage show. Um, It contains, yeah, yeah, right? I don't know. It contains what you're looking for. It it doesn't take anything away from, like even Olaf looks very similar to what he looks like in the movie. Oh yeah. So like- um, Yeah, because they allow the puppet to look like how you're wanting to go home remembering Olaf. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They're not straying far away. Like a new version of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, like, you know, they didn't get to have Iago be Iago in Aladdin, even though no. DDR, Don Darrell Rivera, is incredible. I love him. Yeah. He's amazing. Um, he does not look like Iago that you have in your mind. And for how many Olaf toys that they're going to sell, they oh, need yeah. to have Olaf be in Ooh, front yeah. of Olaf. Absolutely. So I think that they do a good job of that. And then the Sven uh, puppetry is just really beautiful and phenomenal. So. I'm okay. Yeah. What was the most expensive merch item that you saw? Oh, you know what? I Should think it was like to take note. I know. I think it was like an ornament or something. <laughs> I obviously wanted all of it. There were like multiple, like oh, uh, like teacups and like mugs because obviously, like it's like a mm, hot cocoa vibe sure, of the show. Sure. But there were like furry hoodies and like sure. throws. I mean, guys, it was. I I really do want you to see it when you're. <laughs> Well, to be frank, guys, like the two Carolines, I've, I've listened to recordings of the other girls. I'm not about to like, they're incredible in their own right. These two as Anna and Elsa are insane and phenomenal and beautiful to listen to. I could hear Karen Bone sing anything like the way that they get to do, like, I can't lose you as an added song that they just started doing for the tour. And then they taught oh. it. They, they had changed the show in so many great ways that they had to teach the Broadway company this version of the show and then shutdown happened and the show closed. So we'll Whoa. never get to see that Broadway company do it. Like this is now the Broadway company. Yeah. I mean, the, the yeah. people that are on stage are Broadway vets. So it's yeah. not like you're getting like a lesser version. No, absolutely um, but their not. version of the show is, is really I think in a better place than perhaps the one that was, that came out in a couple of years. No, and that happened. And that's, you know, I, Just I, being honest. You know and my wife loves everything Frozen. And so maybe yes. we'll go see it again when it is here. Who knows? Um, great. I want us to, uh, Grace, before you have to go, well, no, we'll do the, we'll do the rankings first. We'll run, we'll run down them. Then we'll ask you the question. Cool. Oh, okay. I thought we could do the opposite. Like we can let her go and then you and I can bullshit longer <laughs> on our rankings. <laughs> Sorry about that. I no, you're so, like no, go no, we went no, we went long, and I love it. Uh, so yeah, we'll do we'll do that. Okay, so 
Grace, first of all, thank you again for being here. It genuinely means the world. Um, it's your thank you. Thank you for asking me. This was so great. I love your show, and I love you know getting about this stuff is fun and exciting and I love that you uplift it in a fun way we are able to you know like talk about it without being like this was the worst thing I've ever no seen. no 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 there trust me there are worse things there are talked. worse we've talked about them yeah yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. this is like a hugely influential movie just because I never right. saw it I was never like a I was anti-frozen because I you find knew that what to it be was. pretty yeah. absolutely and I've heard pretty much every song from it and like I mean it's such an influential movie that there's a porn star named herself Elsa because she's blonde hair and blue eyes like two years after this movie right. came out and had a giant that. career in the adult film industry. Love that for her. Um, so What a world. Love it for her. Wonderful. Elsa Jean. Her Google her. Seamless transition. So, uh, <laughs> Grace, at the end of every episode of Movie the Musical, we ask our guests a very important question. So, Grace, yes. if you can mm -hmm. adapt any movie into a musical that has not been adapted already, what movie would you choose? Okay. Picture it. Are you familiar with the band Outcast? Yeah. Of course. Okay. Are you familiar with their film, Idlewild? I've heard of it. Never seen it either, but I am familiar with the Do soundtrack. me a flippin' favor, <laughs> and I need y'all to watch the film Idle Wild, which is available, I believe, on HBO Max streaming. It is already kind of a musical. Mm -hmm. It's really tight. It's hot. Um, I think it would be an incredible <laughs> adaptation. And I don't know that anybody would think to adapt it right now, but I need it to happen. And I think it'll be great. So just saying, that's, that's what I want. I am adding it to my watch list as we speak. Um, I think you're going to be shocked that you did not, that you have not already seen this. Cause it's in the same vein of like, do you remember the height of like Moulin Rouge and like how oh, yeah. everybody was trying to yeah. do something like hot mm -hmm. Boz Lerman. And they were like, okay, well, like what if we did that with our music, but like new music for that, like Terrence Howard is in it. Outcast yeah. themselves, like Andre yeah. 3000, big boy. It's good y'all. Cicely Tyson <laughs> is in this. Jesus. Yeah. All right. I, yeah. I, 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 I'm looking at the poll. I'm, I'm a big Outcast fan, and I'm embarrassed I've never seen it. But that's a great yeah. I've, okay. Uh, this okay. Is from, cool. Yeah, from 2006. I'm looking at the poster. Yes. It looks fantastically familiar. I will check this out. Um, great, great. Um, great. Yeah, we'll we'll yeah we'll we'll jump into our rankings, Grace. I know you got to run. Um, but yeah. Uh, what what can you plug? What can you tell our viewers? Where can they find you? Well, you can follow me on all the social media platforms at It's Grace Aki. Listen to me. You love Broadway news. If you like hearing about all that, I'm on Broadway radio Tuesday through Thursday. They give you like daily updates about Broadway news. So if you're like, I don't want to have to read through my Twitter feed every single day with what's going on <laughs> and you want to stay updated, it's an incredible uh, podcast. It's been going on for like 10 plus They've asked me to now host, which is great. Um, and then also my my podcast, which is a storytelling podcast, Tell Me on a Sunday, which you talked about earlier. Thank you so much for talking about it. Um, because I believe that my solo play will have ended streaming by the time this is out. Yeah. But uh, you can follow me on all the socials because I hope to be touring it soon. And I might be in Chicago. So um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I miss it. So anywho, thank you so much for having me on. This of meant course. a lot to me. I love uh, talking and talking with people that love things like this. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, you guys are so great. You're the best, yeah, Thanks, Grace. Brandon, Ben. Yeah, we hope, to, wonderful. we hope to have you back. Um, yeah, thank you. We'll we'll have you back again. Have a great day. Thanks, guys. Yay. Take care. All See right. you later. You too. Bye. Well, imagine as I'm pacing the pews in a church corridor and I can't help but to hear. No, I can't help but to hear in exchanging of words. What a beautiful Very fun. Thanks, Grace. Nice to meet you. Grace, you're the best. Hope to have you back. All right. You, this is the moment you've all been waiting for. Um, With bated breath. <laughs> get, out your, get out your own list that you've no doubt assembled. So we all rank, Compare to us. Who knows? So we're ranking. Uh, the, there's 10 of them, obviously. We're doing both the films and the stage shows. Uh, Brian, what, do you, what should we do first? I think we should start with the stage shows because they're overall worst properties, <laughs> I would say. Right. So we should start with those and go worst to best, yes. and then we'll do... No. I'll, I'll start, and then we'll do movies. Right. All right. Uh, stage adaptations. Uh, Brian, take it away. Uh, worst number 10 for me is Aladdin. Interesting. Okay. Number nine, Tarzan. Uh, number eight, Hunchback. Mm. Which we have, which as of this recording, we have not discussed. Oh, so I disagree. Okay. 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 Uh, number seven, Freaky Friday. Number six, Little Mermaid. Uh, and rounding out the top five, which now it gets like kind of honestly kind of hard because they're all pretty good from here on out sure. as far as adaptations go. Uh, for me, is Frozen, Mar- five, five Frozen, four Mary Poppins. Three Beauty and the Beast, two Newsies, number one Lion King. Wow. Because if I didn't put Lion King, I feel like somebody'd shoot me in the head. Maybe Julie Taymor herself. Oh man. Um, very- yeah, well, let's hear your list and then we can discuss. Yeah, very high for Newsies. All right. Uh it's good musical. I was blown away. Number 10. Freaky Friday. I do not mm-hmm. like that stage show. No, it's bad. I was like those bottom four for me too were kind of a Yeah. Yeah. Uh, number nine, Tarzan. Exact same yep. spot. Just it's a little more interesting, but still not a good adaptation. Uh, nope. Number eight, Little Mermaid. Uh, just I like the it's the movie's too good. Whatever. Uh, number seven, yep. Aladdin. Uh, number six, Frozen. And then yeah, pretty much five onwards. Um, I think are great, but you think one of them isn't. Uh, number five, Newsies. Number four, Beauty and the Beast. Number three, Hunchback. Number two, Ooh. Mary Poppins. Zach Barr's argument really swayed me. Uh, it's my number two, and then number one, Lion King. Lion King is Lion King is the king. It's the king. The king. It's good to be the king. Yeah, uh, listen, Zach Boss, Zach Boss swayed you with their arguments. I think they were at, yep. they're absolutely on the money. I think it is it's one of the only Disney properties that can really stand on its own as a stage I agree. show. Um, hunt- it was moved way higher on my list because of. Of Zach Barr. Hunchback? Admiral Zach Barr. Yeah, Hunch, yeah, thank you, Zach Barr, for swaying this uh, list that has no bearing on anything. Um, Hunchback, and again, you will have heard us talk about it, but as of this recording, we haven't talked about Hunchback, but you will have heard me adamantly argue that the state, that I love the movie, and I think the state show just preserves the movie while also keeping the integrity of the ending um so that's what i love about it um and i love a lot of this it's one of the shows that i think some of the state songs written for the stage adaptation are as good as the the film songs yeah 
Yeah, I don't know why I put it at. It should be above Freaky Friday and Little Mermaid. Absolutely, you're right. Yeah, there. it should be. It should be number six on my list. I think. Yeah, we'll, we'll get it. We'll, we'll so. get into that later today. Uh, for you listening, you've already heard us talk about this. <laughs> it's very, it's a temporal pincer. time travel. It's a, it's a weird temporal pincer movement. The way that we record yes, this podcast. Exactly. Um, but yeah, Lion King's the king, no question. Um, yeah, I, I would say like, free, yeah, Aladdin isn't good. Freaky Friday isn't good. No, Tarzan. Tarzan's really Tarzan's just boring. But new, yeah, it's, like, that's the worst. Like most of those are just boring as hell. Yeah. Newsies, Little Mermaid's too weird. Movies too, like you said, the movie's too good yeah. for the for the musical to be so bad. Yeah. Um, but then yeah, and then yeah, Newsies. I think obviously it, it was very high on your list. But yeah, I would say it was maybe like the biggest surprise revisiting all of these. Yeah, yeah. Shows. That's the hard thing is because like I feel like these rankings are completely on like this last month and a half that we've been doing this like it's it's i've tried to keep any of my which is very hard especially when we get into the movie rankings to really do in any sort of objective way but i was really trying to look at them based on our discussions and my my thoughts in this last six weeks of us putting together this season yeah so uh (laughs) that's why newsies like newsies just really blew me away the musical like it's a wonderful adaptation and yes, we try to stay away from production, but with the Disney, we kind of don't because they're kind of the, they are the productions, yeah, you know, and like absolutely. pretty much any like thing is trying to ape that. I almost ranked Little Mermaid musical higher because of the Paramount production. Sure. Um, and then finding something much more interesting to do than but, the original. Yeah. But still just the materials. not Right. We all, at know. the end of the day, we are an adaptation podcast. You, Correct. You, you cannot discount that. All right. Correct. Movies. Uh, do you want? Movies. Do you want to go again, or should I go first this time? Uh, I'll go again. Right. Why not? Go for it. Number ten, Mary Poppins. Okay. Number nine, Tarzan. Couldn't sway me on the film, Don't. Zach Barr. You can sway me on the adaptation, <laughs> but that movie sucks. It's way too long, and she's mean and bad as a character. Number, number nine. Uh, number nine, Tarzan. Number nine, Tarzan. Number eight, Newsies. As of this morning, moving around. Mm. Number seven, Frozen. Yeah. Number six, Hunchback. Number five, Little Mermaid. Number four, Freaky Friday. Number three, Lion King. Number two, Aladdin. Number one, Beauty and the Beast with a bullet. All right. I'm going to. Great film. Damn near perfect movie. All right. Here's my rankings. And I'm really glad about something that I'll say at the end. Uh, Number 10, Newsies. Do not like that movie. Okay. I'm sorry. Um, That's fine. Number nine. It was number eight for me. Pretty bad. Yeah, num- yeah number 10, Newsies. Uh, number nine, Mary Poppins. Yeah, similarly. Um, yeah, not for me. Uh, eight, Frozen. Okay. Uh, seven, Tarzan. Number six, Freaky Friday. Great. Freaky. Uh, that was, yeah, I'll say. So good. We, I'll say my biggest, there was a lot of fun that we had on this season. Uh, not, one of my biggest joys was revisiting that Jamie Lee. And we're talking, this is the Jamie Lee Curtis, Lindsay Lohan. Yes, but, yes, yes, yes. Um, not the whole, not the whole world. Just the, just the 2000. Whatever. 2003. Yeah. That was revisiting that movie and being like, oh, this thing rips. This thing's great. Um, yes. Anyway, so that's number six. Number five is Lion King. I'm not too hot on Lion King. I'm sorry, but it is still good. Number four is Aladdin. Number three is Hunchback. Number okay. two. Wait, where did you? Yeah, where did you pull Hunchback again? It's, it's number six. Oh, it was oh, I, oh. mine. 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 The top six were all pretty close. Good. It's like right it's, below yeah, Little right. Mermaid for me. Sure. 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 So yeah, number three Hunchback. 
number two, Little Mermaids, and number one, Beauty and the Beast. I'm really, yeah. I'm thrilled that both our film and stage lists, we have the same number ones. That is very cool. Mm-hmm. I mean, again, it's undeniable. It's it's like Beauty and the yeah. Beast. It's like perfect. It is perfect. Like we talked about on that on that episode, from the moment that that arpeggio starts at the beginning of the film, it's like pretty much perfect. Yeah. And it, I don't know of a single moment that like sticks out as being like, well, that doesn't need to be here or it, anything like that. So it's like, perfect and like I, it's, I don't know if there's like a grand thesis to make here. Like I would love to, I would love to have a big thing about like, oh, like this is how you adapt it. This is like what, this is like the thing that Disney has done and how they found success. Cause there isn't a thing. It's very, no. like, yeah. Lion King was kind of like an outlier in how they were adapting something to the stage. Yeah, it's like it's weirdly enough. It's I feel like it's the one they took the most risk on conceptually and um, that paid off the best, like critically. Yeah. And but then, I mean, but and money then, like, made tons, made tons of money. But like they the haven't years. tried that again. That's the, nope. that's kind of the thing. Like, again, like wasn't really able to get into it in our main discussion, but yeah, like Frozen, it's weird because they've gone full circle. They've come all the way back to how they originally started off with these film to stage adaptations. So that's part of like, are they, is this it? So like, are they just gonna, this is the formula, they found it. Are they gonna go mm-hmm. from here? Or is there going to be a property in the future where they are gonna try and take that risk again? And the answer is, I don't know. They are, Who knows? It's, it's interesting because as a, huge monopolistic conglomerate entertainment company disney disney is a not actually not surprisingly but disney is a very reactive entertainment organization they are they they see what works and then they will just go from there but again Mm -hmm. lion king worked but then I guess, so, but then I guess, like Tarzan and Little Mermaid were almost like their attempts at that, right? They were like, "Well, here's a little bit of artistic." Here's if something. we half-ass what we just did. Yes. Like if we don't full-ass Julie Taymor wackadoo, we just put them on heelys or we swing around a lot and have like green or attempt it. Yeah, if yes. we have green. Yeah. Uh, but then it, like, but then it is. Yeah. It, it is interesting. Well, yeah. Like I feel like Newsies and Mary Poppins are really low on our uh, film lists, but are very high on our stage lists. So, and they're pretty straightforward too, you yeah. know? I mean, both of those are, I mean, Mary Poppins, they add a lot, but they have more source material to pull from. Yeah. And, but, but as far as like concept wise, it's, you know, she really flies across the whole auditorium <laughs> sure. with an umbrella. She really has, you know, there's, there's not cartoons dancing, but there's crazy puppets and yada, 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 yeah. you know? Weird magical stagecraft stuff, yeah. Fla- dancing on the ceiling and that kind of. Yeah. Thing, where where, you know? where was Beauty and the Beast on your stage list again? Uh, it's it's pretty high. It's like number three. Sure, yeah, I, I four. Yeah, I mean, it is. It's Beauty and the Beast. It's just it's Beauty, it's Beauty, it's and, the Beauty and the Beast. Um, yeah, it's good. And they and they do a lot of really cool magic in sure. that, you know. Sure, sure, sure. And they do a lot of, and apparently they do some in frozen as well like there really are these weird sort of lodestones that you can kind of see as the beginning and end of the circle here of these 10 properties it's just again where we didn't we didn't include our our patreon on these but (laughs) i would i I would i don't know where i would put them i'm not even gonna attempt i would put finding the you know i would put finding nemo at probably like number like below newsies above frozen 
That's where is I this put musicals. Yeah, musicals, musicals. Uh, yeah, m- movies. Whatever. I don't give a shit. Uh, like t- uh, Finding Nemo, the musical, probably like sits above Frozen, below Newsies. Um, Toy Story sits at like number like three hundred on my list. Like I, <laughs> I don't know that yeah, thing. Ninety nine plus. Yeah, that thing reeks. Whatever. Yeah, that's bad. <laughs> Not good. Very strange. Uh, that is why we're here uh, to make yeah. these lists. Um, yeah. I, Who knows what? So uh, I mean, I, like, what else is there to wrap up with Disney? Obviously, we've touched a couple times. We talked about the Tangled cruise ship. Um, if it ever makes it to mainstream, I suppose we'll do an episode on it. Um, yeah, we no, didn't really yeah. talk much at all about Hercules, which sure, has had yeah. like started and stopped productions. Yeah, Hercules. Right? So Hercules, which I saw at the, it was part of the public, like Chaseburn in the Park Public Theater Works program, which is almost like a community theater uh, take on their on their Shakespeare in the Park shows. Interesting. Um, so it was like you know that Jelani Aladdin, who played Kristoff in the original Broadway Frozen, he played Hercules in the stage show. Um, Roger Bart. Um, famed stage actor Roger Bart, who was the singing voice of young Hercules in the film, played Hades, which is very fun. Very fun piece of casting. Talk about him a lot on a future episode oh. of Back to the Future. Oh. I'm sure. If that musical ever comes out. It just opened in the West End. We will see. Did it really? It really did. Um, wow. Uh, he has COVID right now, Roger. Hope you feel better. Oh, no. I know. It's very sad, uh, but I hope he feels better. Um but yeah, so Hercules, again, the book for that production was by Christopher Diaz. Uh, it was a similar thing where uh, Alan Menken and David Zippel uh, reunited to write some new songs. Um, but yeah, it's, again, I don't want to comment on it because I know they're completely rewriting that book. It was written for, and yeah, it was cast with Broadway actors, but also like community groups and just like the people cool. of New York City, which I loved. It was like, oh, this yeah. is like what theater should be. It is, and like they rewrote the show to be about that, where Hercules wants to stay on Earth, not because he just wants to fuck Meg. It's because he like loves the people and he has grown to love this community and he wants to like be a part of society. And, and like, I, cool. I like, I don't know if, I hope they would keep that for a future adaptation because Alan Menken wrote a beautiful song Song for it uh, called "To Be Human." Is it "To Be Human" or something like that? It's it's really lovely. Like they they write, wrote some nice, cool songs for the stage show. So again, I don't want to talk about too much about that show. They're cl- I think they're clearly going the hunchback route, where if they don't bring it to Broadway, it's just going to become a regional theater mainstay. Sure. Um, we'll, whenever there is a concrete version of that show, um, maybe we'll cover it. Who knows? Um, I don't know what the future of Disney theatricals looks like because most of the properties they could adapt are so fucking thorny uh, because they are just based in white yeah. people and cultural appropriation, in white people's yeah. cultural appropriation. So I don't Well, it's know. probably tied to the future of Disney animation, yes. which also seems sort of what the hell's going on there right now. I mean, like you said, in Kanta, there's very little uh, information yeah. about this movie that's coming out in two months. Yeah. And then, as far as I know, I don't even know of future Disney animation projects that are announced or, or like, very much beyond, like, pretty early rumor stage at this point. Yeah. So, it's it's interesting. Yeah, I'm Frozen. I, you know, I think the only thing that I don't want to say about Frozen and sort of the cyclical nature of all of this yes. that I thought of that I didn't really talk about um, with Grace here was that it also... Um, 
it does remind me of those of dis of Little Mermaid and Beauty and the Beast in a way of being um like the main character being a woman, whereas like like we said on Tarzan and with with Hunchback, they sort of are like going for the the boy demo graphic with those films after this, and then they sort of don't really and like even Tangled is like you know um. Oh look! They, there was a ton of advertising with what's his face, and there's like knives yeah, and fighting in sure. it, you know. Uh, and um, but not only entitled, but this is like it ends up being a, a, a woman focused film that is like sort of fixing the problem of what I felt with Little Mermaid in sure. this, and that Grace touched on a little bit of it just being about how do I get this guy? I'm now my only motivating factor is going after this dude. And I do find that really refreshing. Yeah. And, um, it's just interesting to see them sort of go back to, I wouldn't say basics because like snow white is basics for Disney. (laughs) And that's like approaching a hundred years ago. Um, (laughs) and, uh, but like basics of the modern era and basics of the Disney Renaissance. And now to see them, do have take that exact same as that exact same idea and apply it to Disney theatricals with doing you know straight up adaptation people in costumes yeah. not funky puppets except for Olaf and a lot of projections and magic theatrical magic it's just interesting we'll see who's the head of Disney theatricals now uh the wonderfully unproblematic Thomas Schumacher great um nothing i can say everything i would say is alleged so i won't say anything um (laughs) well thank (laughs) thank you everyone for following along for this disney season it's been it's been really fun to have a focused thing to talk about yeah um we're going back to like season four which is coming we'll we'll have a patreon unlocked next week and then the week after that we'll have a new season uh with just sort of the usual style of just like jumping from episode to episode um there is another themed season in our future it's more of a mini season but it's i think it will also be a fun one um which Mm. i don't want to give away i don't even know what you're talking about it's focused on one composer and that is okay yeah i think you know okay yeah 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 yeah. it's gonna be fun um but yeah i mean it's been fun sort of just like live in this world for a sec but now we're gonna we're gonna get a little more varied we're gonna I don't know. It's going to be fun. There's some fun guests. There's some fun apps. Um, mm-hmm. Other completely non-problematic filmmakers who we're going to talk about sure. in future episodes. Ditto for the Patreon. I know we're about to plug it at the, here at the end here, but um, like we're finally about to finish Rogers and Hammerstein. Yeah, they should, uh, you, and we you, have not you done... Oh, yeah, you should have listened to it already. If you're on the Patreon, it should already be finished. Yes, we're recording but, this a lot in advance, but yes. Of course, of course. Um, but we're, we have not even touched... I don't, have we done a single Andrew Lloyd Webber yet? We haven't. No. We haven't. I don't think so. So I think... So, so, like, there's a lot coming down the pipe. Andrew Lloyd Webber's like the god. I think that's... We've barely touched on the god. We're going to touch on the... If you go... If you subscribe to our Patreon at patreon.com slash musical. You're gonna get some ALW content, baby. Hell yeah! Gotta do it. We gotta, we gotta talk about Phantom. We gotta talk about Jesus. We gotta talk about Joseph and Davida and those cute little kitties. Yeah. But before all that, you'll get Dear Evan Hansen. <laughs> uh, with uh, yeah, yeah, it's Dear Evan Hansen. Actually, and I think that episode should have dropped by now as well. Oh, yeah, I don't know what time is anymore. So guess what? You have to listen to that to unlock 
We'll set it up behind behind not only a paywall, but behind a Dear Evan Hans, a Ben Platt wall. A window. It's gonna be behind. It's gonna be behind a window. You gotta wave through it, and you gotta go to Patreon.com/slash/MovieTheMusical and consider becoming a monthly member for three dollars a month because we are a triple threat podcast. Um, thank you to Grace Saki who left uh like an hour ago. Um, but no, thank you. (laughs) Wonderful to have you here. Hope to have you back. Thank you, as always, Bran Moorhead, for producing and editing this show. I want to thank each and every one of you for listening. I want to thank Emily Harrington for our artwork. I want to thank M. Modaf and Josh Stanley for our kick-ass theme song. If you like the show, be sure to rate us, review us, and subscribe for future episodes. And you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter, at Movie the Musical. Keep on singing. Can we do that uh, little the Disney theme to end? The sure. Perfect. <laughs> the House of Mouse will come for you in your sleep. 